Party People! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am so excited because we are cracking open the Party of One vault to give you a lost episode in which myself and DM Mitch from the Dungeon Masters Block podcast play a rousing game of Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. We recorded this episode back in May, but due to some serious technical issues, we were not able to release it at the time. I have to give a huge shout-out to Mitch. He did a tremendous amount of work bringing this episode back to life, like, re-reproducing a lot of material. Super kudos to you, Mitch. Thank you so much for this, because this is a great episode, and I'm so excited to finally get to release it. The Dungeon Master's Block, if you're not aware, is an amazing advice podcast for DMs. Featuring really helpful tips on everything from running games, to improv techniques, to storytelling structures, to two-player games, featuring a certain particular expert on the matter. <laughs> Whether you're a seasoned veteran newbie, you're going to find something on that show that'll help you and challenge you to think about the way that you run games. I cannot recommend it enough. You can find a link to the Dungeon Master's Block in the show notes. Dungeons & Dragons is a fantasy adventure role-playing game by Wizards of the Coast, in which heroes go on magical journeys and fight mythic beasts to amass wealth and power and ascend to the heavens as gods. It's an interesting premise, and I'm excited to see how it plays. I kid, but 5th edition has some really neat ways of approaching two-player play, and I'm excited to see how they shake out. A link to more information can be found in the show notes. If you're on the East Coast... Be sure to check out Metatopia on November 3rd to the 6th. It's one of my favorite events of the year. There's playtests and panels and boozing and schmoozing. I'm going to be there the whole weekend. It is, I love it. And in fact, I'm going to be a part of two panels that weekend. Uh, I'm going to be part of a micro games panel with James D'Amato and Lizzie Stark on Friday. And then I am moderating a two-player games discussion with Jim McClure, Alex Roberts, and Russell Collins on Saturday. I am unbelievably excited and terrified. It's going to be a blast. If you are in the area, you should absolutely check it out. A link to more information can once again be found in the show notes. And with all that out of the way, let's crack open the vault and throw it over to me in the past so he can get started with the show. Take it, past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am joined by DM Mitch. DM Mitch, how you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm super, super pumped to be here. I am very excited to have you on the show. So, up top, let's talk about what you've got going on. Introduce yourself to the listeners at home. Talk about where they might know you from, and if they don't know you from them, where they should know you from. Yeah, sure. So, hi, listeners at home. I'm DM Mitch. I guess my claim to fame is that I am one of the hosts from the Dungeon Masters Block podcast. We're a podcast that we talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. We talk about the art of DMing. We talk about world building. We talk about storytelling, how to tell a good story, everything that goes along with that. I host that podcast with my good friend DM Chris. We also have two other members of our team. We have DM Neil and DM Phil. They are awesome. They run the DMnastic sides of things and sometimes are co-hosts on the show as well. So yeah, that's me. I love DMing and storytelling. Oh, it's exciting. I was on there a few weeks ago. We did talked about single-player games. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, it was a really good time. Okay, Um. yeah, so we are playing a little game this week called, hold on, let me look up in my notes, Dungeons and D- 
Dragons. So that's interesting. I'm excited about that. Yeah, when we were talking about what game I'd like to play on your show, I was like, well, I'm from the Dungeon Masters block. I think it would be appropriate if we got to play a good game of Dungeons and Dragons. Have you played Dungeons and Dragons on your show before? I have not played it on the show, and in fact, I have actually never played 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons before, oh, so this will nice. be my first time, so I'm really excited. Nice. I think it's going to be an interesting first time, especially considering uh, the character that you're playing, which now... Yeah, um, I've kind of thrown you into the fire here a little bit, haven't I, with the I'm, game? I'm very... I'm, I, don't, I can't put into words how excited I am to dive into this. Um, yeah, so why don't you go over your character, who they are, how powerful they are, all that kind of good stuff, and then we'll dive into playing. Yeah, sure. Maybe a good idea is for me to read the bio that I sent to you through email. Yeah, I think that'd be perfect. So first of all, I'll say that once again, I'm kind of throwing Jeff into the fire here because I am playing... I'm really excited. (laughs) Yeah, I'm playing a level... 20 wizard so we're going epic level and this is actually the first time that i've actually gotten a chance to play a level 20 character in D. so jeff you're giving this me a great awesome first time this is gonna be great experience with D, so i'm pretty stoked for that and to be able to use some awesome spells that i've always been able to look at in the spell books but never actually had a chance to use so i'm super excited for that So here we go. Let me tell you a little bit about my character. I am playing Balthazar the Mad. I was formerly known as Balthazar, Warden of the North. Balthazar is an old wizard who lives in a tall, dingy tower at the top of a snow-covered mountain. In his youth, he was a powerful wizard and the protector of the northern part of the realm. His greatest accomplishment was turning the tide of battle in a war against the dreaded Illithids, who were trying to invade the surface world and enslave the people of the north. Many wizards in Balthazar's order died in that battle. With the help of Balthazar, the Illithids were driven back, but Balthazar withstood many mental attacks from the Squidheads during that battle, leaving him a broken man. And that was decades ago now. Balthazar left his old life behind and now lives alone. Most of the world has forgotten him. And to the few that still know of his existence, most of them think of him as little more than a crazy old man who lives in a tower. But perhaps, Jeff... (laughs) I, I get what you're laying down. If the North is ever threatened again... Someone will remember the true legend of Balthazar, and with no one else to turn to, look to the tower on the mountain again for aid. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm so excited. Okay, so with that, let's start playing. Our story begins exactly like you said in a tower in an old, like a rickety old tower deep in the north. Let me ask you, um, what I'm curious about is what Balthasar is doing in on a, on a normal, like, an average day. Like, what does his day-to-day life look like nowadays? On a typical day for Balthazar, he might be using his powerful magic to scry different places, different kingdoms of the world, different events. He's still learning about what's going on in the world. You know, he's not getting a newspaper on his tower doorstep every day, but he's still seeing events 
happen in the outside world, although with his skewed mind, he is probably getting a very different idea than what the reality is of the situations. He spends time experimenting with new spells. He's also been crafting a strange wand, something that uh, many have not seen a wand like this. It's very strange looking. And of course, he'll spend a lot of his time mumbling and muttering to his pet Uther, who appears to be a small, fat, brown rat. So on one of these days, as you're you're scrying, you're seeing the whole of the world unfold before you. You're you're zipping from place to place. You 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 look out on the expanse of the realm, and you are greeted by not one, but two pairs of eyes open suddenly before you. These like deep reddish blackish eyes and it's this it's 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 a bit startling of a moment because you're ha- you're in this sort of meditative stance holy hopping hippogriffs and the eyes lock on you and you hear a voice you hear a voice coming from everywhere and nowhere from the deep from the deep recesses of your mind and it just lets out balthazar it is only us now balthazar we are the last. We are the last of them, and we have come to finish what we have started long ago. Lo, may the a- lo, may the angel of death be upon you, Balthazar. May our final battle, hopefully, live up to those decades-old fairy tales that have filled your realm. Balthazar starts looking frantically around his empty and dingy tower he he hasn't heard anybody speaking directly to him in decades now so this is very strange to him i pull out from beneath my robes a spell book that has a cover on it with strange symbols and the cover is actually made out of the skin of a beholder and i say out loud philip is that you Have you finally returned to gloat, or are you going to try to finally destroy me once and for all? Hmm, Oh, oh, you, your your eccentricities, Balthazar, are charming, but I I trust that the cunning warrior that fought us back many ages ago is still in there somewhere. So why don't you make me a roll? I uh, I want to say it's an arcana roll. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm good at that. Yeah. Make me an arcana roll to kind of understand what's okay. happening here. <laughs> well, I'm starting this off horrible. I got a crit one. Okay. So, yeah. So you are so startled by the fact that you're hearing a human voice that you can't actually process where the voice is coming from or whose it is as they sort of gloat gloat all like it sort of floats all around you is gloating and you hear beneath this bellowing voice talking about talking about battles long past and how this will be your final showdown you hear this other voice sort of cackling like yes tell him tell him that this is the final battle so with this crit one balthazar believes that this voice is actually coming from his pet uther who is this rat scurrying around on the ground (laughs) 
and amazed that Uther has finally learned to talk, I get down on the dirty ground and I'm just staring into Uther's eyes. That's perfect. I love it. Uther? What? Where did you learn to talk? The, the rat just like tilts its head and it kind of like, like walk. it doesn't even like run off. It just kind of like turns around and walks off a little bit and it's just like, <laughs> So at that moment, after as Uther walks off, and you're kind of like, "Don't turn your back on me." Come back. It, it um, you you your your ears perk, and you hear an all too familiar gong. Hmm. Make me a like a wisdom check, adding history perhaps or a similar skill. History is an intelligence. You want me to roll that? Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's my history roll. <laughs> here's the level 20 high rolls i got a 28 on history okay yeah i will allow you in addition to telling you what this gong what this uh like tolling bell is i will allow you to ask me eight three questions makes okay makes sense yeah it makes sense yeah so this is a bell that you have not heard in many years it is a bell that is a lot of people thought that they had that it was more of a decorative bell than it was like an actual thing. This is the dragon bell. It is a warning bell that is established in a lot of smaller communities to warn of to warn when a dragon has been spotted. All right. So when Balthazar hears this gong, he has this moment that if anybody else was in the room with him, which as of now, there isn't, as far as I know. Uh, they would see that Balthazar's eyes, which always are darting back and forth and all over, all of a sudden just, they're fixated, they're looking straight ahead, and he has a face of recognition that he hasn't had in a long time. So I guess the first question I'd want to ask you as DM is, uh, where are where is this bell... Is there more than one of these bells? It's it's the way that the dragon bell works is it's sort of like um it's kind of it's kind of a, a like a central feature in a lot of towns but they've sort of built them more because that's what you do when you make a town. So you're hearing you you first hear like this gong way off in the distance like in the, like uh, like at the horizon and then you start hearing them come closer and closer like different bells from different part like different but they're all kind of like coming in your the bells are now starting to ring in like towards your direction. Ah, gotcha. So I'm not hearing this in my scrying now. It's not in my head. I'm actually yeah. hearing this going on outside yeah, of the yeah, windows yeah. First of it my was tower. Just like a thing that a thing that you heard in the world and now you're starting to hear them in the distance outside. Like it's kind of shaking you out of this like scrying meditative state. So what is the name of the closest town to me that actually has one of these dragon bells? Sure, that would be the town of um that would be the small uh trading community of Etzelfritz. It is uh I would say by by foot it's probably a few days travel because you have sort of positioned yourself away from like society. So it's a few days travel by foot, a few days, like, a little bit shorter by horse, by dragon, a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Um, so I guess my last question would be, how long has it been, if ever, 
since I've heard the sound of one of these bells. Um, since you've heard this bell, not since before the Illithid invasion uh. that has sort of that that has sort of driven you to your current state. It was not since your sort of glory days that you'd heard the bell, and you went you. It was not uncommon for you to go and take down one of these dragons. Balthazar will go over to the corner that Uther is rummaging around, eating scraps off of the floor, and he's going to pick up Uther. Uh, He's going to hold him, and he's going to just start nervously petting him, and he's going to walk towards the balcony of this tower. Balthazar begins scanning the horizon, looking towards the town of Etzelfrit, seeing if he sees anything on the horizon, looking for anything strange, hoping not to see something large with wings, and he'll lift up Uther to his face and just say, Uther, the dragon bell, Arr, have the dragons returned? Uther just, like, squeaks a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, as you look out, you lift up Uther, and it's and it starts to kick. It starts to kick and wiggle a little bit because uh, small on the horizon but getting closer and closer and larger and larger is a large blue dragon that is seemingly coming directly at you. Directly towards the tower. Oh, yes. okay. Not towards the town, but towards the tower. No, directly right. towards directly towards you. Yeah, you in specific. Okay. Okay. So I see this dragon coming, making a beeline for me. How far do I think this dragon is from the tower right now? At this point, um, maybe two, three miles. Okay. So it'll it'll enough time for you enough time for you to enact. And like a pre an action, like if you have a if you have a pre pre encounter plan, enough time for you to enact exactly one one thing. Yeah, I think I know exactly okay. what Balthazar is going yeah, yeah, to yeah. do. So Balthazar has not seen any kind of action for a long time. Okay. So in reality, uh, I think Balfour is actually kind of freaking out right now. Uh, his bravery has kind of been lost to him over the years. So immediately when he is hit with the fight or flight response, he holds tight to Uther and he's going to cast planar shift on himself. Okay. And he's going to transport himself to another plane of existence entirely. He just wants to escape from this blue dragon. Okay. So I can specify a targeted destination. Okay. However, I think that at this point, Balthazar has lost his sense of direction when it comes to planar shifting. Okay. And on top of that, he's totally freaking out right now. So I'm just going to leave that up to you as the DM to decide wherever I end up after casting this spell. I think, yeah, I think, so what happens is you you cast the spell, um, and time and space sort of begin to warp around you as you shift from this world to another. And you, you watch, you, you find yourself removed from the scene, you watch the dragon, um, like, call his lightning breath down, and the tower is just decimated, it is gone. 
Like he just lays waste to the tower and he the dragon sits over over the wreckage and before you shift away, like in the seconds before you shift away, make me an arcana roll. All right. As you sort of just to sort of determine exactly like what you're able to see from this. I rolled a twenty-four. Perfect. You see, you 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 briefly see the eyes of the dragon almost as it looks in your direction, almost like it, that it knows that you have shifted away. But its eyes are glowing and black, and energy is emanating off of them. And you see that whatever you see that um, this dragon was not come here on its own volition. Something has taken control of something powerful enough to take control of this dragon has conjured it and sent it specifically after you, ignoring uh. even the other prey. Which makes sense because what you little what you know of dragons indicates that a blue dragon is a desert thing. It would not be up in the frosty north like this. That doesn't make any sense. Of course not. So, so you're able to piece together that something has reached out into the world, grabbed the psyche of this dragon, and sent it on a mission specifically to get you. So somebody is calling you out, or at least trying to make sure, trying to like kill you as thoroughly as possible. Okay, so I make it to this other plane after seeing this. What does the other plane look like to me? I think you have ended up in the I think uh I believe I'm going to say it is a it is an elemental plane of earth and so it's just this big endless rock like rock quarry. And you're like, there's just mountains and stuff, but you're fairly alone except for the rumblings of earth elementals that you feel all around you. So I walk up to a rock and just kind of sit down on it. An earth elemental will walk by me, and I imagine that it looks at me for a second, and I just kind of nod and say, Hello, Jim. And then I, I put my head in my hands, and I'm just trying to remember trying to recall my past mm-hmm. a life that's so muddled and unclear at this point i'm wondering who from my past if anybody is powerful enough to control a dragon and who would hate me enough to send that dragon to destroy my tower and to kill me okay yeah make then we'll we'll make this another skill roll. We'll say in this case it's history because you're sort of scouring your own sort of personal <laughs> yeah. enemy list. Uh, so I got a 22. Yeah, okay, perfect. You think back and you have to like part the you have to like part the veil of of like trauma and the fog of the fog of your own like uh mental turmoil. As you like peer through you peer through your own life story and you you flash back to the day that it all fell apart, that final battle with the Elithids when their army dis- came from the underdark, and you remember that though it was a decade you remember that day a decade ago that the Elithids were not alone in their invasion. They had brought with them ogres and oni and other sort of monsters that they had 
put under their, like, they had compelled to fight on their behalf. And you, you remember, you remember locking up with an ogre before you, before you disintegrated it with your magic. You remember looking in its eyes and seeing that same sort of, like, black energy emanating from its eyes. And so, but, but the thing is, those were, those were fairly, those were fairly low monsters on the totem pole. To control a dragon, it would have to, an elithid would have to train with nothing but revenge on its mind for, well, I suppose for a decade. So, once again, I just kind of get up from the rock after realizing this and just kind of whisper to myself, Leaping Lich Lords, the Squidheads, the Squidheads. And I'm starting to remember, I'm starting to get these flashes of a war that I fought in long ago. I'm seeing wizards, young wizards all around me in these blue robes, and they have this symbol that's familiar to me on these robes. They're dying all around me, and they're being killed by these creatures, these horrible squid creatures. And some are being crushed by these giant ogres that have this blank stare to them. Do I, perhaps in this vision, see a flash of a specific illithid pop up in front of me? You, you do, but not one that, but uh, you, you, uh, what you, what you remember specifically is, though there were considerable losses on your side, and though you, though so many people that you respected and cared about were lost in that fight, you were successful. You did repel the illithids. There were but a scant few, maybe half a dozen or less of the actual squid heads that uh, that disappeared into the night, along with their scattered routing armies. You remember that those that ran away were largely, like, they didn't necessarily walk away. They were carried away by the people that they were controlling. So as you think back, you 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 begin to think back on what 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 was said by the voice that seemed to summon this dragon that there was only us now there they that there were only us now we were the last of them that sort of thing is starting to like emanate in your mind yes yeah, so now the cogs in balthazar's head are slowly turning i think in the right direction so he's He's looking at Uther in his hands, and is he starting to get the sense that it wasn't Uther speaking, but it was this terrible feeling of his mind being invading? I mean, I mean, Balthazar knows that he's not all there anymore, but maybe is he starting to yeah. figure this out? Very much so. It's that there's that moment of realization when he like looks at Uther and he's like, "Can you talk?" <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I think that at this point, Balthazar has gotten up from the rock and he's just wildly pacing back and forth. He's got nothing on him right now except some strange trinkets hanging off of his robe. And, of course, he's got Uther in his hands. 
and he's uh, kind of roughly and not thinking about it, petting Uther as he paces back and forth. I imagine that uh, Uther's kind of scrambling, trying to get out of his grip. And I imagine that Balthazar is just mumbling to himself about a past war and wondering what he is supposed to do from here. And I think it's going to be about an hour that he's going to continue to do this. As you walk, one of the rocks that you that you're pacing on says lower lower oh, yeah right there oh that feels oh yeah i've had that kink in my back for nice. a week oh yeah so uh, not even thinking about it balthazar just paces in that same spot just back and forth back and forth it's like yes oh this is great <laughs> yeah even though i'm totally focused on something else i'm unconsciously doing exactly what this rock is telling me to do yeah So, after about an hour of this, I think that Balthazar is going to plane shift back to my home world. I want to appear... uh, There's a cave Mm -hmm. in the mountains about a hundred feet away from my tower. I'm not ready to jump back to my tower just sure, yet. Sure, sure. So I think I'm going to plane shift back into that cave. Okay. That's yeah, you plane shift back. Now that you have a destination in mind and now that you're kind of starting to draw on that old draw on the Balthazar that once was, you're able to like plane shift back. There's no sort of distortion of time and space. You just literally like you say the words and you're just there. So you are exactly in the cave where you want to be. You look back at the tower, and it is in rubble, smoldering, um, like, scorched earth rubble. Do I see a dragon anywhere to be found? Uh, no, the dragon is, is long gone. Um, the dragon the dragon has departed, and you notice that um, unlike normally when a dragon departs from a pl- or comes and goes, you do not see the same path of destruction that you would see when a dragon flies around. Hmm. This dragon flew with a purpose. None of this makes sense. Or does it all make sense? I start to head back carefully uh, to the rubble of my tower. Once I'm there, I start looking amongst the rubble for something. I'm looking for what appears to be a normal walking stick. Okay. Do you want me to make a search roll or? No, I I think you just find it. I think that you find, I think after some time, well, let me ask you, how quickly or like how quickly or carefully do you want to search to like find this? Is this something where you are prioritizing finding it quickly and like moving on, or is it something that you're comfortable taking a little extra time? I think at this point I'm pretty worried, and so I have a, a bunch of weird trinkets that I had in my tower that I think at some point I might be concerned about getting those. Uh, most things at this point have lost any sort of sentimental value that's based off of memory. I mean, at this point, Balthazar can't tell his real memories from his fake memories what even was his past. Okay. But at least I would be definitely looking for that wand that I was working on and for that staff. 
And so I'll spend the time finding those two objects. And when I do Mm -hmm. find that staff, I'm going to reach into my cloak and pull out this stone with these strange markings on it. And I'm going to take the stone and I'm going to touch it to this staff. And the staff changes from this ordinary looking walking stick to this orange metallic staff with this circular top that has this small flame just ever burning at the top of it. Mm-hmm. And as far as this wand that I'll eventually find, this wand is really strange looking. It's all these different colors with multiple baubles coming off of it. It's not a straight wand. It has multiple breakoffs, kind of like a branch just breaking off in different directions. And once I have both of those, I will take my wand and I'll put it into my cloak. And I will take my staff in my right hand and then I will take Uther and I'm going to take Uther and put him on the ground. And I'm going to take that same stone that I touched with the staff and I will touch Uther with this stone and he will grow to a tremendous size and his form will change until before me there is a tremendous brown bear. At that point, I'm going to jump on top of Uther. I'm going to put my hand right on top of his head, and I'll mutter some magic words and then give him a little kick on the sides. And Uther is going to take off flying from the mountaintop. Okay. And I'm going to start heading towards the town. Yeah, I was going to say, before you do that, though, give me a give me a search, like a search roll. To determine, not that you don't, like, you're going to find everything. Everything happens exactly like you said. I just yeah. want to know if something happens after of after course. that or not, or if you're able to go to the town peacefully. So I got an 18 for search. Um, okay, let me make a roll. All right, yeah, you have, as you head towards the town, like, as you depart... You you look back briefly over you, over that home that was that was kind to you for so many years that is now in ruin, and you start to see pieces of it like pick up, like just like just like fist sized stones that you pick up and you see um you see the rubble moving around and you see something is is pouring is like peeling through the rubbish or the wreckage, looking for you. Like, you can gather that it's hunting for something. Oh, like, after I left, I see this. Yeah, yeah. So you've managed to find your things and depart before this thing arrived, but whatever it is, and like I said, and you're not actually seeing a body, you're just seeing, like, the stone pick up and, like, turn around a little bit and then get tossed to the side. So whatever is there, something something was sent to confirm your death. But you were able to uh, like out 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 maneuver it. Yeah. But it's still close on your heels because it rolled a seventeen. I will pull up on Uther's reins and try to get him to fly up amongst the clouds that are all around this mountaintop. Hopefully, I can hide from whatever it is that's scrambling through this rubble okay. of my old tower. 
But yeah, once I'm up there, I still want to head in the direction of the town. I have sure. plans to talk to some of the people that live there. Okay, um, you're you arrive in Etzel, for instance, and it is a it is a big deal because this is a like a dirt poor farming community and then flying bear this is yeah this is like a dirt poor community there is not much going on so like the people of the town when when balthazar the warden of the north shows up in their town it's a big deal it's a big to do so um like the the lord of this small community is like there to greet you upon arrival because the 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 hubbub has been so massive and alongside him is the um the the court mage for this this small town is the only person like of of real these are the two people sort of of note in the small town so does it seem like any of these people of this town recognize me for who I was in the past, or is it more just the idea that whoa, this guy came in flying on a bear um there's definitely a lot of that <laughs> yeah. It's it's I'd say it's equally split between the between hey there's a guy in the flying bear uh hey that dragon flew away so this guy on the flying bear probably like did whatever he did had to stop that dragon cuz we're not dead and then the uh the third thing is they've probably heard like tall tales of 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 the north and how he repelled an invasion a decade ago and no one's seen him since so they're kind of there's a lot of different things it all adds up to this guy is important even if we're not 100% sure why so can i like roll a perception check as i yeah. i land my bear uther and i start moving through this small town do I hear anybody calling me by perhaps the name that I'm not too fond of, Balthazar the Mad? Um, yeah, make me a perception roll. I rolled a 21 perception. Uh, I would say you definitely hear a few of the... I would say the you don't hear... Like, you hear a few of them on the outskirts. Okay. Like, the people that are rushing up to you and, like, making a big thing and laughing and getting all excited are definitely not calling you that. But there's a few, like, cranky old men, like, in their <laughs> windows, like, that's Balthasar the Mad. I'm not going to see him. That's what they That's what they call that guy. I want to lock eyes with the closest one of those guys to me, and I'm going to mutter a few magic words... And depending on a will save for this commoner, he will turn into, of course, a newt. Uh, well, he rolled a fifteen, so I don't, and I assume that's not enough. But no, that's not enough. Not enough at all. I didn't think that was. I didn't think that was enough. Yeah, he turns into a newt. The crowd, there's a hush that falls over the crowd. The um, the court mage like rushes over to him and starts like prepping a ritual <laughs> to try and fix it. And the Lord is like, I, you'll have to forgive me. I am a bit confused. You seemingly saved us from a dragon. You, you caused a dragon to flee, come into our town, and now you are hexing our population. Please help me understand. He is um, late 30s, early 40s, middle-aged. I will look right at him and I will say, Boy, I am Balthazar. The Warbler. 
of the Nort. Do you know who I am? Uh, I, I, I believe so. I know the Warden of the North, but yeah, I, yes, I, yes, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yes, yes, I know who you yes, are. Yes, yes, so, the Norden of the Wart. That's what I said. Perfect. Have you seen the Black Eyes Blue Dragon? Yes, yes, it flew right overhead. Um, thank you. I suppose. Uh, if, I'd love to hear how you you felled it, how you forced it to flee. The Squidheads. The Squidheads are back, boy. You must prepare to leave. The entire town must leave. Um, where's the, like, closest fortress or place that would actually have protection against this? Uh, that would be the city of Caldress, which is somewhere to, like, the southeast. So I address this young man and I just say, Boy, leave for Caldress with all of your people immediately. The Squidheads are returning. And uh, tell whoever the Lord of Caldress is now that they must prepare for war. We, um... You, everyone, you heard him. Uh, it's time to leave. Um, so I trust, but I do trust that you will be heading there yourself to make this right. I mean, you were the one that stopped them so many years ago. Or at least that's what I've heard. I just stare at him with this blank expression and there's this sudden raising of my eyebrow like i haven't even thought of doing that until now and i wasn't even expecting that question and so i just say who me of course i mean of course you are the warden of the north you are the last standing of the wizards that repelled this invasion it's Frankly, I'm not sure that the entire army of Caldrus could match what you can do. Sure, surely there must be new, younger, ampler wizards than me in the Blue Order now. I, I, I wish that were true. I, I must say, I've been, I've spent many a night wondering what would happen if an invasion such as that were to come again, but. And he kind of looks, and he he sort of puts his arm around your shoulder, and kind of like turns back to the wizard, the the court mage that's still trying to prep a ritual to turn this guy back from a newt. <laughs> and he's like starting to make like lines in the sand, and then he's like, "Oh, I scuffed it. I gotta start. O- oh, okay, all right, I gotta start over." <laughs> he's flipping back to the start of the book, and he's like, "Is this guy perhaps?" Wearing a robe that is the color of and having a symbol of the order I used to be a part of. Oh, yeah, definitely. That is definitely what is happening. And he's like, there have been few people willing to join since they saw what happened to the Blue Order. Those that have are, well, they lack the blood of a hero, if I'm being 100% honest. At which point the maid looks over and like waves at you real long, real awkwardly, <laughs> like, "Hey, hey, it's it's," and he's like showing you the robe, like, "Look, it's like yours." Bloated bugbears and Balrogs, what has the order been up to? I've been gone for somewhere between three and one hundred and fifty years, something like that. Yeah, and he's just still right back on there. He's drawing it. He's drawing the mines and dirt with his toe, and he's like. I just kind of start shaking my head and I turn and I get back on Uther, not saying another word to this guy. 
and I start to move out of this town. I don't know if he tries to stop me or anything, but I start to move out, and as I move out, I'm just yelling, Leave for Caldras immediately! Tell them to prepare their armies! The Squidheads might be on their way as we speak! We we shall, but good luck, good luck, Balthazar. Balthazar, Warden of the North, I think is what your name is. Um, I'm a little confused. Good luck to you, <laughs> as he's like waving, and everyone's waving, and the, the mage is like pushing people over to be all the way in the front as he waves as you depart. So where are you headed? I am going to head out of town and start heading in a direction... Not exactly willingly, but more in a daze. I'm not flying on Uther. We're just walking right now. But we are heading in the direction of that terrible battle that I fought in and so many died in so many years ago. I know that there is this large crater in the ground from where all of these creatures came from. And I know that's exactly where they also retreated to. And so I'm heading in that direction. Once again, not flying. I'm kind of struggling with myself. Like, quite literally, in his own mind, he is arguing with himself. Like, why are you headed this way? You're not the same Balthazar that you were all those years ago. He's having this argument, this internal argument in his head. And yet, he's still kind of urging Uther in this direction. Yeah, okay, yep, so, um, as you head in that direction, you, um, it's a long trip, so you have time to think about these things. You have time to sort of, like, ponder, and time to, uh, frankly worry a little bit about what's waiting for you. And when you arrive, you, you see, sure enough, you see, you, you come upon the very uh, monster, or the very thing that you that 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 you suspect summoned the dragon, out that reached out to you, throughout the uh, through the veil of the cosmos, that thing that has been challenged that that it laid down this challenge. But there is no army to be seen. There is no. There is no dragon. There is no army. Uh, there is no such thing what is waiting for you is uh two is two of these um two of these squid heads two of these illithids these mind flayers i i stop immediately i i halt uther in my mind right now i have this voice that's just telling me turn around go back run not this again and I look across this field, and of course there's nothing there right now, but I start to see wizards all around, dead, lying on the ground, a mix of blue from the robes and blood red. I see one wizard with his his head's just missing, one his he's just torn into pieces. People that I can't remember their names, but their faces are all too familiar and they're just calling out to me for help. And that powerful 
feeling is the thing that's keeping me here, keeping me in this spot and not allowing me to run. And I start to think about all the past years that I've been locked away in my tower, basically doing nothing. And as scared as I am, I kind of muster up all the strength that I have inside of me and as confidently as I can hope to say it in this, I try for an arrogant voice, I say, meddling simpleton squidheads. You have no concept of my power. Go. Flee back to the Underdark, where you came from. Balthazar, 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 Balthazar. We, I know more than any of your power. Uh, the, the, the first one speaks. He is dressed in far more elaborate... Uh, ornate like robes with like metal plating on them and he's wearing like bracelets and various chains and yeah he's very decked out and the other one is very is dressed very like conservatively for a mind player but um like and he's kind <laughs> of, of like almost not quite cowering behind the first one but he's kind of like pacing around behind him and he's like He's like, he is powerful. He is a powerful wizard. He is the most powerful wizard. We shall consume him. And the the first one, like, raises his hand and tells him, tells the second one to shut up. And it's like, Balthazar, I know how powerful you are. I was there decades ago. I was there. We, we locked, my army locked up with yours, and we were, we retreated. And I spent the last decades watching those last few of my brethren brethren wither and die promising that I would extract revenge on none other than you and you in particular so now I am here I see that you survived both the stalker and the dragon and for that I thank you because it means that now I will get to devour your brain myself or perhaps turn you into an intellect devourer of great power (laughs) so thank you for this I raise my staff over my head and I just say, Terrible squid-headed creature that I know nothing about thy name! Do not pretend that you understand anything about feelings such as love for others, such as loss. You know nothing of this. You only care about power. And yourself, I bid you now flee before I am forced to destroy you, to pop you like a snot bubble. <laughs> he, he, he looks at you and he says, true, there is a certain, true, there is certain power and prestige that comes with being the last great of the Mind Flayer Arcanists. And perhaps I may have... Perhaps I may have severed a few throats to further along my ascension to that status, sure. But this, this moment between us, is nothing but genuine. I shall not flee. My associate shall not flee. And you shall know Kalik Zaru as the, as the mind flayer that even toppled 
Balthazar the Mad. So as he is giving this classic villain monologue, oh, you should see you should see my hands right now. They are they are dancing <laughs> uh, because Balthazar is still kind of freaking out. He has been muttering under his breath, casting mage armor on himself. All right. Along with pretty much any other spells that he thinks is going to help protect him or give him an edge in battle. He's casting dark vision on himself, just in case. Just in case. You never know. Even though Uther has it, he's casting fly on himself as well. He's basically casting a bunch of boosting spells, and the last one that he's preparing to cast, he knows as soon as he casts, the gig is up. He's about to cast fire shield on himself. All right. And basically what that's going to do is make him look like a super saiyan. Yeah, sure. So all of these things are happening. So what uh, what I'm going to say is happening is as as Kalik Zaru is giving this really beautiful theatrical-like monologue, his associate, the little one cowering in the back, is like cowering and stops dead in its tracks and is watching you and starts like jabbing it at his shoulder. Like he's ca- he's casting he's casting spells. He's that is he is casting spells right now. That is and he's just like getting brushed off, but he's like, That's what he's Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they may understand their mental blast, their psionics. But not many of them are wizards, so they don't exactly understand the intricacies of a spell, and so I totally get it. Well, what's funny is that um, is that they mentioned being a mind flayer arcanist. So this guy oh. is this guy is a wizard by <laughs> trade. It's just that he's so into monologuing that he's just like, eh, <laughs> of course, of course. I gotta get, I gotta get my. I've prepped. The, he's prepped these lines. He is as cocky as Balthazar is trying to sound right now, and so yeah. I'm assuming he's just blinded to everything yep. going on. So what happens is, what I'm going to say is, as you cast Fire Shield, Fire Shield um, is the moment when he's like, he's casting spell! And the other guy is in the middle of a line, and he's like, and you shall rue the debt! That guy's casting spells. Alright, we should just do, well, we should do this. <laughs> so that's when I'm going to roll initiative. Perfect. And I don't think I'm going to go first. You might. Uh, let's see what their initiative is. What did you roll for your... I rolled a seven. Okay, so you will not be going first, but you, um, what's your dexterity? A modifier of four. So you will be going after both the Mind Flayer and his associate. The Arcanist looks at you and is like, he's casting spell. he's casting spells, and he, um, he prepares a spell himself, and he is going to cast... He he puts his hand forward, and he's like, I can cast spells as well, wizard! And he puts his hand forward and shoots a lightning bolt at you. Pull up lightning bolt versus attack roll. He rolls a 16 plus 7. Oh yeah, that'll hit. Alright. So actually, lightning bolt, you don't actually need to roll to hit for that? Oh, okay. Is that a saving throw? Or... So basically, you're going to shoot a lightning bolt, a line 100 feet out. It's going to go right for me, and I can roll a deck save, and if I make it, I take half of the damage for that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay. So why don't you make your saving throw? Yeah, I'm definitely not going to make it. It doesn't matter what his is. Six is way too low. Uh, Yes, his is a 15. All right, hit me with that damage. 
he rolls. He does not roll well, so that's nice. <laughs> that is nice. So that's three, four, five, that's ten, fifteen, twenty-three damage. Twenty-three damage. Got it. Takes twenty-three damage as you are just blasted with lightning. Ah! Meanwhile, the other one is going to um, the other one as you are as you are being shocked. The other one dives into a position, runs at you. And is going to attempt to position himself to mind blast. Uh-oh, I remember this. So I am going to ask you to make a intelligence an intelligence saving throw. Okay. Wow, I'm just not rolling well tonight. Uh, that would be a nine. Okay, so you take another 22 damage. And when I get hit, I have this, like, another flashback to the terrible war that was before. Yeah, 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 it's not, it's, it's not going super great for you. But, um, so what I'm going to ask is, um, because he was not in the cone, what does Uther do right now? I'm going to assume he's loyal. I'm not going to ask for any sort of, like, loyalty, bravery checks or anything. He is, yeah. he is, your, he is yours. Yeah. He is your buddy. He's got your back. So I give Uther a firm kick with my heels, and he starts running, making a beeline towards the Mind Flayer. Not the one that was giving the monologue, but the other one, the henchman or whatever he is. And what happens is, because I cast Fly on myself, he runs and I just kind of float in the spot that I was so that I am not going with Uther as he runs towards this Mind Flayer. Okay. And when Uther gets there, he's going to try and tear that Mind Flayer apart. Okay. All right, let me pull up the grizzly bear, the brown bear stats. Man, I tell you, when you play a wizard, I mean, I've got my DMG in front of me. I've got my player's guide. I've got notes to the side. I've got my character sheet. They are not simple. They are not. So Uther is going to make two attacks, one with his bite and then one with his claw. Okay. So for the bite, he rolled a nat 20, and he rolled just an 11 for his claw attack. So, got a nat 20 and an 11. So the first one crits, so that's going to do double damage. So roll your damage on that. For the 11, It does. the 11 is not enough, but the first one does double, uh, does double damage. Okay, so Uther bites down hard, and he does 19 points of piercing damage. He is probably just going to shoot another lightning bolt, but this time at the bear. Oh, before you kill Uther, Jeff, isn't it my turn? <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. I completely forgot that I completely forgot that Balthazar goes, yeah. yeah. Good, because I'm about to unleash hell on these creatures. <laughs> so I'm going to, as I, Mitch, wonder when that dragon's going to come back into play, I'm going, but Balthazar's not thinking about that, so Balthazar's going to use his one and only ninth level spell. So Balthazar starts chanting, and he casts Meteor Storm. All right. And luckily, this spell allows me to sculpt this spell around friendlies, and so I am going to sculpt it around Uther so that Uther doesn't take any damage, at least not from me. Okay. And I can do that to myself as well so that I'm not hurt by this, and so... As meteors rain down from the sky, me and Uther are going to be in a protective bubble 
And I think I need to actually pull out my app for this because I surprisingly don't think I have enough dice for this. Okay. Uh, is there a saving throw or are they just done? <laughs> yes, there is. It is a deck saving throw for each of them and they have to make a 19 to save. And if they do, they take half damage. Huh, one of them does. Yes. Nice. Big win. So the Arc- so the arcanist as this is happening like throws up a wall of force around himself and he's like, Aah! "Wait, so which one is the arcanist again?" Uh the arcanist is the one that was monologuing. He's the real okay. ornately dressed one. He's the one that's in charge that was alive in the battle decades earlier. His minion is just a mind flayer. <laughs> just a mind flayer. All right, let me make sure that I have the number of dice right. I'm using Great Dice D&D app for this because there's so many. I'm so excited to hear how much damage this is. <laughs> okay, so the meteors come down, and I know one of the guys is saving, but so it's doing 20d6 damage bludgeoning, <laughs> which comes out to 83 points of damage. And if that's not enough, he's doing 20d6 fire damage to them as well, which comes out to 73. Okay, so half of all of that. So that's, what did you say, 6, six how much? <laughs> 83 numbers, and 83. 73 fire. So that's 156 damage. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, yeah, all right. So he puts up... And half of that would be 78. So he puts up this wall of force around himself, and he's like, he's like, I can cast spells as well, and he puts his force, and he's just, <laughs> it's over. Like, he's just, he's just wiped <laughs> off the map. He's just gone. Wait, both of them? Both of them? Well, the other guy, like, didn't he? He had, the other guy was already beaten yeah, by a bear, and he's just there? gone. Like, he was yeah. eviscerated. And then, eviscerated. Like, just ashen boot. Yes, ashen boot. There's just nothing left of these as Uther and Balthazar are just standing there uh, looking around, and you're like, oh, well, that was fun. Well, what do you know about that? I still got it! So This has got to be the greatest game of bingo that the world has ever seen! So at, at that moment... At that moment, before you, like, the shadow comes, and the dragon lands in front of you... And I it knew it. I knew it. And it's like, hmm. I could. I could probably take you. But you just. But you just conjured a meteor shower. And that's. And I have more. Plenty more where that came from. I say completely bluffing. <laughs> so, uh. I, yeah, I think. I think that the dragon is looking at you and he's like. Tell me why I shouldn't, why we shouldn't do this. So I'm going to address the dragon in his native tongue in Draconic. Sure. And that causes him to reel back just a little bit, but then he kind of nods. And he, game recognized game. And so I'll say, dragon. And I'll, I'll give him a little bit of a bow. And I'm being very cautious because I know that blue dragons are typically evil, but I'll still bow and say, dragon. What is your name? My name is uh, Blue Dune. The Blue. <laughs> so much blue. Parents weren't particularly creative. Great. Blue Dune. The Blue. 
I am Balthazar. Perhaps you have heard of me? I am the Wester of the East. And I might add that I am the one who freed you from these creatures. And he, he stops and he looks at you. I, I, on the one hand, I want to devour you and absorb your power. Like, that's full disclosure. That's where I'm at. Oh, oh, I, I mean, understand. I understand. Um, that does sound appealing. On the other, you you do have a point, and you did just summon a meteor shower. I do, and I did. So the deal I will make you is this. Take me home. Use your magic. If you can use your magic to take me home to the to the deserts of the east, we're good. We're all good. Blue Dune, that sounds to me like a good deal. But may I perhaps propose to you a better one? Sure. Yeah, I I like better deals. I this is my mutual friend over here. His name is Uther, and he needs a rest. And I kind of wave to Uther, who is already sleeping. <laughs> he's he's done with the battle. Uh, he is my mount, uh, but he is asleep right now. Uh, you say that you wish to eat some delicious, powerful creatures? Uh, you know, in general. Uh, well, you see this big gaping hole right here that leads underground? Yes. Well, I, uh, propose that I take a spot respectfully on top of your back. Respectfully. Respectfully. That's the key word. Yes, yes, yes. R-E-S-P-C-T. Find out what it means to me. I will. And if you shall allow me to ride with you, we shall ride into that hole. And we shall find some delicious calamari to devour. Perhaps I shall try some as well. And then we will fly back to your home. And from there, we shall talk about the great battles that we have been in in the past. And we shall become bestest friends and do karate together. I love doing karate. I'm in. I love doing karate. And like he, he leans down, and you hop on his back, and you go off to unleash a wave of carnage on the Underdark. Yes, perfect. And that's da- and that's game. That's Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, so perfect. Greatest ending to a D and D game ever. Thank you so much, Jeff. That was awesome. That was super fun. I loved it. That was great. Man, I as a level twenty wizard, I've heard that epic level campaigns were all about. Who got to go first would win the battle. I didn't get to go first, but man, that one spell. Level 9 spells are crazy. It was one of those things where I was like, he made the save. He might make it. (laughs) And then you said the first amount of damage, and I was like, he made it. He's going to actually have a second round. No, he's not. No. Okay. Uh, He's gone now. I think it actually would have been quite the battle afterwards without another level 9 spell if that blue dragon had turned on me. But I liked that ending way better. It's you and the dragon. Yeah, can I hear what was that dragon's name again? Blue Dune the Blue. Blue Dune the Blue. From the wizard. Or from the desert. Oh, uh, that was great. Mitch, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thank you so much for having me. That was great. Um, so why don't we run through uh, where people can find your work online? Yeah, perfect. So if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Twitter at DM underscore Mitch. I am part of the Block Party Podcast Network. I am a host on the Dungeon Masters Block Podcast where we talk about 
dungeon mastering, world building, storytelling. That's pretty much what we focus on. Jeff has been on there. You should go check out his episode for sure. Yes. I'm also on the GM Showcase, which we showcase a new GM every single month. It's an actual play podcast. Jeff will be on there, so keep your ears out for that. And I also run a podcast called Geek Wars Podcast. That isn't out yet, but just keep your eyes and your ears open for that, for the release date of that. And then check out all the other Block Party Podcast Network shows, like Story Arc and We're So Bad at Adventuring. Check those shows out, and Jeff, thank you so much again for having me on. This was awesome. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for coming on Party 1. This has been a blast. I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, past me, and thanks again to Mitch for coming onto the show. That was awesome. D&D 5th Edition works really well with a single player. I was very impressed. I was not sure how it was going to play going in, but whether intentional or not, they include budgeting tips for a single character in the DM's guide, which means that you can account for the difference in uh, balance and challenge rating and such for a single player really easily, and so it was a really natural fit. You'll be seeing it again for sure real soon. Be sure to check out the Dungeon Masters Block and the Block Party Podcast Network. Mitch and the Dungeon Masters Block crew have created an amazing bunch of podcasts, all of which sound really cool and exciting, and I cannot wait for them. There's GM Showcase, which is an actual play starring various notable personalities. There's Geek Wars, which is a geeky trivia contest. Story Arc, which is short fiction. And We're So Bad at Adventuring, which is a weekly fantasy-themed audio play. They all, they're all they all really cool. You should check out all of them. You can find links and more information about them in the show notes. You should also follow DM Mitch on Twitter at DM underscore Mitch. Follow the Dungeon Masters block at DMs underscore block on Twitter. And then follow this show on Twitter at Party of One Pod. Like it on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider telling a friend. iTunes reviews, social media shoutouts, and word-of-mouth recommendations are a tremendous help in helping the show grow and us to do bigger, better, and cooler things. Party of One is produced by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. This episode edited by DM Mitch. Thanks, Mitch. Music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. That's it for me. Until next time, party people. Thanks for listening, and party on.